MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match it to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. And this episode is also sponsored by Lumi, a doctor-developed, skin-safe, pH-balance, and aluminum-free deodorant. New customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code DAILYBEANS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code DAILYBEANS. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, October 16th, 2023. Today, House Democrats refuse to help the GOP as Jim Jordan schedules a speaker vote for Tuesday. A former IRS contractor is pled guilty to stealing tax returns and giving them to the press. The Department of Justice has decided to retry a health care fraudster for six counts that the jury was hung on after Trump pardoned him. Judge Beryl Howell has awarded more sanctions against Rudy Giuliani in the Ruby Freeman Shamos defamation suit. The Truth Social Media partner is returning $1 billion of investments after many asked for their money back. Lauren Boebert has spent campaign cash at her Beetlejuice boyfriend's bar. The U.S. Labor Relations Board says Elon Musk illegally fired a Twitter employee. An Illinois man has killed a six-year-old Muslim boy and stabbed his mother in a hate crime. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken gives a press conference in Cairo about President Biden's newly appointed ambassador to lead humanitarian efforts in Gaza. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, happy Monday. I I need a little bit of uh, uplifting uh, tales. Can you tell us how the HRC gala went with President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden? Well, first of all, Dr. Jill Biden and President Biden came out. Dr. Biden spoke first and was very sweet because, you know, at that point there was a standing ovation for Jill and uh, Joe Biden sort of decided he was going to be like, all right, I guess I'll leave, which was really funny. They have a great sense of humor and a great love together. My one of my highlights, though, when I was in the green room, I, I had this moment where I was in in front of so much black Hollywood royalty. It, A.G. It was Felicia Rashad, Debbie Allen, Lena Waithe, Shonda Rhimes. They're all sitting on a, on a on a couch next to me talking to each other. It was fucking bizarre and most be- and, 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 and beautiful in the most incredible way. So it was amazing to be amongst such incredible people, raised over $150,000 for the human rights campaign last night, uh, did my job, did it well. And I wore a corset. My boobs were out. I felt real good about it. I just want to say that I don't always do the feminine <laughs> route, but I, I felt good. I felt good. That's amazing. And you looked amazing. And all the photos that I'm seeing and videos I'm seeing, just what an incredible room you yeah. had to work with. So thank you, everyone who was there. Thank you. There's so much sadness and, and pain in the world right now. It did feel so good to be in a room that was uplifting and celebratory. And we're all there for equity and to fight for the good fight. So that was it was he was healing in many ways. Yeah. And that's that's um, that's our empathetic president and his amazing wife. Yeah, uh, they, they do that. They, they do. bring that vibe whatever, wherever they go. Well, thank you so much. $150,000. Incredible work, my friend. Absolutely amazing. 
Um, later in the show, I'm going to be joined by Marcus Flowers. You'll remember he ran against Marjorie Taylor Greene a few elections back. He is now um, co-founder of missiondemocracy.org, and we're going to discuss that and what he's doing. And that'll be later in the show. But first, we have um, we have a lot of news to get to. So we're going to we're going to divide this up and we're going to start with some quick hits. And to make a long story short, too late. first up, Donald Trump is returning to New York to the scene of the crime to attend his civil fraud trial tomorrow <laughs> as Michael Cohen is set to take the stand. Then he's going to be deposed in the civil suit brought by Pete Strzok, my co-host on Clean Up on Hour 45 and Lisa Page. We will keep you posted on how that day goes for him. Thank you, A.G. And Democrats are standing firm in their refusal to bail out House Republican majority as it struggles to elect a new speaker 10 days after booting Rep. Kevin McCarthy. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries said, and I quote, House Republicans have selected as their nominee to be Speaker of the People's House, the chairman of the Chaos Caucus, a defender in a dangerous way of dysfunction and an extremist extraordinaire. And House Minority Whip Catherine Clark labeled Jordan as insurrectionist and said he would be on a glide path to becoming speaker if not for the unified opposition of Democrats. Now, Jim Jordan has called for a speaker vote tomorrow at noon Eastern. So grab a snack, tune in, get the popcorn, or better yet, pack a lunch. It's going to be a long day. Last count, Jim was 55 votes short of the 217 needed to win. That is a lot of votes and a lot of Democrats that would have to support Jim. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And the latest that we've just heard, actually, is a little breaking news. There are at least 20 Republicans who refuse to support Jim Jordan after he announced his vote. That's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, that's at, uh, I believe, noon Eastern. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when you're that many short, probably more, if you don't have an opposition like an opponent for Jim Jordan, you could be in a lot of trouble because if you don't drag at least 211 people in there, you don't have a quorum and then you elect Hakeem Jeffries. So the Republicans have put forward or they say they're going to put forward somebody to run against Jim Jordan and they'll do it during that vote. They haven't said who it's going to be, but you know, like you said, pack a lunch. All right. Digital acquisition that, that DWAC that, you know, the, 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 which is the SPAC for Trump's Truth Social. Yeah. They fundraised all the money and then did it and went public, which was against violating, you know, SEC rules. Well, anyway, they've just returned $467 million after investors demanded it back. Then they added that they're going to return the remaining $533 million to investors. I don't know why, just because, but they're giving back the entire billion that they raised. Uh, it's not clear what's driving the refund, though they've all been under federal and criminal investigation and SEC investigation for some time. Uh, we'll let you know when we learn more. But this could be because they have to. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh, I love the story. It's just a quick one. But before Lauren Boebert and her date were thrown out of a local theater show of Beetlejuice for being disruptive and highly fucking inappropriate in front of children. Uh, Her campaign spent hundreds of dollars at his bar, by the way, who hosts drag shows. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was that one. Uh, The Colorado Congresswoman's campaign put down $317 in late July at Hooch Craft Cocktail Bar, classy, in Aspen, Colorado, which, as I said, is a gay-friendly bar that hosts the drag shows which only raises eyebrows because of Boebert's anti-LGBTQ plus political stance. Also raises eyebrows because from what I understand, he's a Democrat. So, you know, there's that too for her. 
Yeah. And she said it was a first date. And then she said she stopped dating him because he was a Democrat. But according to some drag queens who work at his bar, they've been dating for a long time. And she's been dropping money at the hooch for a while. All right. Hooch, appropriately named, I think. Oh, boy. Uh, Judge Beryl Howell. Judge Beryl Howell has granted Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman most of what they asked for in their last sanctions motion against Rudy Giuliani. Uh, It's a lot. There's a lot of evidence Rudy's not allowed to bring in. And there's a lot of assumptions that the jury is going to get to make about Rudy Giuliani, although they probably already would. But now they legally can. Pete Strzok and I are going to cover that, uh, everything that was granted, along with the backstory. And we'll give you some context. We'll do all that on this Wednesday's episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. All right. And last quick hit, the U.S. Labor Relations Board alleged Friday that Elon Musk illegally fired an employee in retaliation for her Internet post challenging its return to office policy. In the complaint, a regional director of the U.S. National Labor Relations Board, which is the NLRB, accused X, as we know, was formerly Twitter, of violating the federal law that prohibits punishing employees for communicating and organizing with others about their working conditions. So we're going to keep an eye on that story for you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I mean, that's what, seven, six, seven lawsuits against Elon Musk now, plus a couple of federal criminal investigations and some SEC investigations. Yeah. Um, just put him right up there with uh, Rudy Giuliani and, and the Trump Truth Social SPAC for how many how many investigations they have going on at once. All right. We have a lot of news to get to, uh, but we're going to take a real quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. B.O. is not exclusive to summer. In the fall, sweaters can help you just you know, make it as bad. And that's where Lumi whole body deodorant comes in, a pioneering product designed by an OBGYN. She invented Lumi, which has a unique pH balance solution effective for up to 72 hours. It's even pH balanced for safe use below the belt. It is the first deodorant safe for every crevice from armpits to under boobs, even vulvas. Rather than making smells, Lumi's mandelic acid formula acts as a pre-odorant, preventing odors before they start. It also has been clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. The average person has an odor level of about 6 out of 10, 12 hours after they take a shower with soap. But with Lumi, the average odor level is 0 out of 10. Zero. I didn't know what to expect when I first started using Lumi, but I was very surprised, wonderfully surprised, and now I use it over my entire body. It works great. Even after my long runs or gym sessions, I still feel fresh. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes. The deodorant wipes are incredible and free shipping. So new customers, you get $5 off your Lumi starter pack with code DAILYBEANS at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack. Just visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code DAILYBEANS. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the Hot Notes. Hot Notes. All right. First up, Secretary of State Antony Blinken gave a press conference in Cairo on Sunday. And here's what he said. He said, quote, what I've heard from virtually every partner was a determination, a shared view that we have to do everything possible to make sure this doesn't spread to other places. A shared view to safeguard innocent lives, a shared view to get assistance to Palestinians in Gaza who need it. And we're working very much on that. I made clear that it cannot be, must not be business as usual with Hamas going forward. At the same time, as I said, we are determined to do everything we can to address the needs of the people of Gaza. Civilians should not have to suffer for Hamas's atrocities. We are now very actively engaged with countries in the region, with the UN, with Israel, to make sure, to the best of our ability, that people can get out of harm's way and that the assistance they need, the food, water and medicine, can get in. 
Today, the president appointed one of our most senior diplomats, one of our most experienced diplomats, Ambassador David Satterfield, to lead our humanitarian efforts. Ambassador Satterfield was previously ambassador to Lebanon and Turkey. He's been here in the region for a long time. He'll actually be here tomorrow to start working on these efforts to make sure we're coordinating everything, moving assistance into people who need it and helping people get out of harm's way. From here, we're headed back to Israel. And I want an opportunity to share everything that I've heard and that I've learned over the last few days visiting with our other partners and to talk about the way forward with our Israeli allies and friends. First, there's a determination in every country I went to to make sure this conflict doesn't spread. I had a very good conversation with President el-Sisi. Egypt has put in place a lot of material support for people in Gaza and Rafah will be opened. We're putting in place with the UN, with Egypt, with Israel, with others, a mechanism by which to get the assistance in and to get it to people who need it. And that's exactly why Ambassador Satterfield is now taking this on. The president appointed him today. He'll be here on the ground tomorrow to work out all the practical details so we can move this forward. I don't think we can be more clear that when it comes to Israel's security, we have Israel's back. And again, we've backed that up not only with the words that we're saying, but with what we're actually doing. I did have very good conversations with the crown prince in Saudi Arabia and here in Egypt with President el-Sisi, and also heard, I think, a lot of good ideas about some of the things we need to do moving forward, including practical ideas on getting assistance to Palestinians in Gaza who are in need, but also good and important conversations about the future and where we hope, ultimately, together, we can bring this in a much more positive way. So that, that, that is the, uh, from the press conference of Antony Blinken in Cairo this Sunday. That is the latest. Thank you, A.G. This one's from Zoe Tillman at Bloomberg. Now, a former Internal Revenue Service contractor pleaded guilty to stealing secret tax return information about former President Donald Trump and thousands of the wealthiest Americans and leaking it to two news organizations. Now, Charles... Li- hero. Hero. Yeah, I'm not mad about this. <laughs> yep. Charles... Excuse me. Charles Littlejohn, uh, 38. I would call him Big John. Uh, Charles Littlejohn, 38, admitted Thursday in a Washington federal court that he stole data about Trump and wealthy Americans and gave that information to media outlets between August of 2019 and November of 2020. He pleaded guilty to a single charge that carries a prison term as long as five years, but likely faces an estimated range of about eight to 14 months. And that's according to his plea deal. Well, U.S. District Judge Ana Reyes accepted the guilty plea from Little John despite an objection from Trump's attorney, of course, Alina Haba, who spoke during the hearing and called the leak an atrocity, an egregious breach. Okay, Mr. I took secrets from our country and left them in the bathroom. Haba asked the judge to impose the maximum prison term if the deal went forward. She also urged the Justice Department to further investigate if other individuals were involved. Little John shared Trump's information with The New York Times and tax data about the nation's billionaires, including Ken Griffin, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all of that shared with ProPublica. Now, the news outlet had noted in the series it published about the tax data that it covered more than 15 years. Reyes said that although she didn't see grounds to reject Little John's guilty plea, she agreed with Haba that it was unacceptable for people to take the law into their own hands and vow there would be severe consequences. The judge addressed Little John near the end of the hearing, delivering a brief story of U.S. privacy laws related to taxpayer information and stressing that secrecy was needed to encourage people to be truthful in reporting to the IRS. She said, I cannot overstate how troubled I am. She said that to Little John, who sat watching her at a table in the courtroom 
with his hands clasped at the table. And she sounds like she's scolding him, but, you know, out of the side of her mouth. I'm not saying that she did this, but she's like, this is bad. But thanks a lot. You should never do this. It's kind of cool that you did. (laughs) Never do this again. Yeah. I I mean, it is illegal to steal and release people's tax returns. Hello, Jim Jordan and your IRS whistleblowers and Hunter Biden. But, you know, um, eight to 14 months is what is what uh, little John could face. So we'll keep an eye on that for you and the sentencing. The judge said that he should be severely punished for this. I, I just want to high five that guy. That's <laughs> that's all I want to do. I mean, I know it's illegal. I know I'm supposed to be all law and order and lawful neutral and lawful good and all that stuff. But man, these guys don't pay their fucking taxes. I know. You know, it's like it's like reality winner and, and the information about Russia's interference in our election. Or Ellsworth, you know, I mean, it's illegal, but oh, I was just going to say, I know we talked about that, but if you haven't listened to the out the onward podcast with Rosie and reality winner, we mentioned it before, just because AG brought it up. Go listen to it. Listen to that one episode. It'll blow your fucking mind what they did to her. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now, next up from The Guardian uh, and content warning. Um, This is violence and hate crimes. A 71-year-old man in Plainfield, Illinois, has been charged with murder and hate crimes after stabbing a child and his mother because they're Muslim in an attack that killed a six-year-old boy and left the adult seriously wounded. In a statement posted to the Will County Sheriff's Office social media page, law enforcement responded to an emergency call made by a 32-year-old woman who alleged her landlord had attacked her with a knife. The Will County Sheriff's Office said, quote, detectives were able to determine that both victims in this brutal attack were targeted by the suspect due to them being Muslim and the ongoing Middle Eastern conflict involving Hamas and the Israelis. On the scene, officers found the 71-year-old suspect sitting upright on the ground near the home's driveway and inside found two stabbing victims, the 32-year-old woman and six-year-old boy, who each suffered over a dozen stab wounds to their chest, torso, and arms. The suspect was identified as 71-year-old Joseph M. Zuba. Uh, That's uh, Police say he was the landlord. Zuba was charged with murder, two counts of hate crimes and other offenses. The child was transported to a local hospital. He was pronounced deceased. The woman is hospitalized in serious condition, but is expected to survive. Thank you so much, A.G. All right. This one's from The Post. Philip S. Forms beat the system. Or so it seems. Less than five years into a 20-year sentence for his role in a massive fraud scheme, bankrolling a high-flying Miami Beach lifestyle of luxury cars, designer clothing, high-priced escorts... As Forms walked out of a federal prison, thanks to who? Donald Trump, who granted him clemency in the waning days of his presidency. But S. Forms' reprieve is now in peril. The Biden Justice Department is seeking to retry him, a move made possible because the jury that convicted him reached no verdict on six counts, including the most serious charge of conspiracy to commit health care fraud. Well, because Trump's clemency order was silent on those charges, prosecutors say that they are able to take him back to court. Awesome. Former prosecutors say a retrial is a chance to correct a grievous mistake in the Trump bypassed long-standing protocols to grant clemency to a corrupt nursing home executive. If the Justice Department succeeds, S-Forms could be sent back to prison, undoing Trump's executive order that made him a free man. This is a quote and an opportunity for justice. This said Paul Pelletier, a former federal prosecutor for 27 years who led the agency's fraud section before it criminally charged S-Forms, Closed with, we use the law to hold people accountable as best we can. Now, S-Forms was not a Trump donor. 
Campaign records show that, unlike many who received clemency. He wasn't a political loyalist. Public records show he registered as a Republican in 2008, but never voted. And he wasn't a celebrity like others who made the clemency list. Now, it's not clear precisely what led Trump to accept S. Form's case or who ultimately persuaded him to do that. A Trump spokesperson did not respond to interview requests, and the White House counsel Pat Cipollone and senior White House advisor Jared Kushner, under Trump, of course, Trump's son-in-law, who were copied on the letter urging the president to commute as form sentence, they didn't respond to requests for comment. Well, on December 22nd of the 2020 year, the White House announced as forms commutation. The press release reflected the concerns raised in the memo, saying he has been devoted to prayer and repentance and is in declining health. Okay. Now, a date for his retrial is scheduled to be chosen in November, one month before his three years of supervised release are scheduled to end. Yeah. And this could kick off a legal fight as to whether or not clemency extends to hung counts. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like, because the, the, the clemency, the commuting and power, pardon power of the president is very broad. And I imagine he will make the argument, hey, I was commuted. I was pardoned. Uh, so that's for everything I, I did in, in connection with this trial. Um, so you can't, I think he'll argue that uh, you can't retry me for the six hung counts. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening because it's the same like behavior. It was like all the, like his crime garnered 26 counts and he was guilty on 20 and f- hung on six. The jury was hung on six. If I were that defense attorney, I'd be like, this is all the same set of behaviors, which were pardoned. So you won't, I, I would argue that you can't be retried for those six, but the Justice Department has, uh, feel, feels like they have a strong enough argument to do it. So more power to them. We'll see where the law comes down. All right, everybody, we're going to be right back with Marcus Flowers. You don't want to miss this interview. Stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I've been sleeping on my Helix mattress for a few years now, and my life has been so much better since I got my custom-made mattress from Helix. Now I sleep better than ever. I cannot thank Helix enough. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everyone has a different way of sleeping, and Helix knows this, offering a variety of mattress models tailored for specific sleep positions and sleep preferences. Helix has 20 unique mattresses in their lineup, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the just-released Elite Collection, which is incredible. Plus, they even have options for our big and tall friends and the little ones, too. The key to finding your perfect fit is that Helix sleep quiz I was talking about. It's an easy way to find out the best mattress that's designed to complement your body and sleep style. Once you place your order, your mattress will be delivered right to your doorstep at no extra cost. I was matched with the Helix Midnight, because as you know, everyone in the world knows, which is weird, but I love it that I uh, prefer a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. But simply put, this mattress has changed my life. I am never going back to anything else. Head and shoulders, Helix above any mattress I've ever owned, and I've owned all of them. Helix also offers a 100-night in-home trial and a solid 10 to 15-year warranty. Sleep on it, dream on it, decide on it. You won't regret it. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Honored today to be joined by my friend, former congressional candidate for Georgia's 14th against Marjorie Taylor Greene and chair of Mission Democracy. Please welcome Marcus Flowers. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Hey, Allison. I'm good. How's everything going? Everything is great. It was, first of all, great to see you at Glenn Kirshner's Justice Gathering, the first of which where we get to talk about indictments instead of investigations. So (laughs) thanks for being there. Likewise. It's my pleasure to join. 
get the invite. I was uh, in D.C. for a couple of other things. And, you know, Glenn said, hey, come on by. Had a great time. It's good to put a lot of faces with names of people I'd followed on Twitter or on social media. And, you know, I heard a lot about and read a lot about and got to meet a lot of uh, a lot of good people there. We're all fighting for justice in America. So, you know. Absolutely. And now you co-founded Mission Democracy and you did that. It's a bipartisan group. You did that. I believe earlier this year you released one of your first ads. And um, there's some great people who are working with you, like Denver Riggleman, who is a former, I believe he was uh, in the Freedom Freedom Caucus. Yes, that's right. He was. And then former National Security Advisor to Mike Pence, Olivia Troy, is also working with you. Tell me a little bit about what prompted you to put this organization together and what Mission Democracy's mission is. You know, after the campaign, you know, I still wanted to stay in the fight and fight for, you know, democracy and the things that I thought were important that people needed to know. Um, And the one thing that I thought a lot of people didn't understand was that we are on the path to fascism. So, you know, I talked with a a few of my friends, uh, Olivia being one of them. And, you know, I talked, we all seem to agree that, you know, whether we see policy the same way or not, we all agree on the process and that democracy is worth fighting for. So we got together, started Mission Democracy in an effort to, you know, educate and laser focus on those districts and swing states where, you know, people are voting for representatives like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or Jim Jordan or uh, Paul Gosar, you know, people who are being misled by their representatives, who are being misled by, you know, frankly, certain types of media uh, or right outlets like, you know, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax. Uh, we want to counter that argument and let people know and see what's really at stake here. Our democracy itself is what's at stake. And if we don't elect leaders who believe in the process, who believe in our institutions, who are willing to fight for democracy and put aside policy differences and not be there just for the chaos as we're seeing this week in Congress with Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and ousting of Speaker McCarthy. You know, these are these are things that are dangerous for our democracy. We want to have that conversation with people. And, and, and look, it's a bipartisan group. You know, there are Democrats, myself, I'm Southern Democrat. You know, we've got Denver, Olivia, former Republicans, uh, Joe Walsh, former Republican independent now. Uh, Matt Littman, who, you know, was a part of 98%, came over to our our cause and is our executive director. You know, it's just a group of bipartisans who believe in democracy and know what's important and want to let people know what the dangers that we're facing in this country are. So that's our mission. Yeah. And it's working, too. I mean, the, the fundraising numbers are just in from Colorado's third district, right? And we've got Adam Frisch. The Democrat raising three point four million and Bobert is down around eight hundred thousand. So this is working. It's working. I mean, you get out there and you talk to people and have those, you know, they're tough conversations, but you gotta have honest conversations with people. Meet them where they are and talk about what's important. You know, 
people like Bobert, she didn't have she didn't have a policy to stand on. She's a chaos agent. People like Margaret Taylor Green, they're chaos agents. They're just flamethrowers who don't understand how dangerous their rhetoric really is to our country. Uh, and we're going to continue counter-programming that and showing people here's what's at stake when you take away women's rights to decide what to do with their bodies. When you start banning books, when you know you have a Supreme Court that's you know, full of corrupt people who are, you know, taking trips and, you know, hanging out with billionaires who have uh, cases before the court. You know, these are things that are dangerous. And we've got to, got to talk to those people and have those, you know, tough conversations about what's at stake here. And let's talk about some of those tough conversations and the policy purity, because, you know, we see somebody like Cassidy Hutchinson Mm -hmm. come forward and testify truthfully and and put the truth out there, albeit a bit late. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, fear based keeping in line that was going on. And this is this kind of fight for democracy can create some strange bedfellows. And this isn't specifically aimed at, you know, some like my friend Olivia Troy, who's voting Democrat, people who are voting Democrat, but people who may still vote Republican, just not for fascist Republicans, and then, of course, have a long history of, of terrible policy. How do we get around that problem? Because I see there's a lot of pushback from um, folks in the Democratic Party saying we shouldn't give any of these folks the time of day because of their past policies. What, what would you say to that kind of a, an argument? Because it, it is a, a real pushback that I'm seeing. You know, it's a uh... It's not an invalid argument, I would say. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I would also say in countering that. If we let someone like Donald Trump regain the presidency, he is going to destroy our democracy. Full stop. And then our policies and our politics won't matter. It'll become a zero-sum game. So we've got to, I mean, we can go back to arguing about policies later. And, you know, you got to have two strong parties in this country who are both A, rooted in reality, B, willing to sit down and negotiate in good faith with one another to get the job done for the American people. You have to have that. But if we lose our democracy, none of that matters. Yeah. And I think those that would rather divide us and have a better chance at getting a dictator or authoritarian into power. Those who would, you know, those bad actors, the Putin caucus, I think they would like to see us fighting with other pro-democracy people. And it's not unheard of. In fact, it has happened before where the the bad actors on the right would get the Bernie people fighting with the Hillary people to, to crack our unity. And and that was just within one party. And so it, I see it as easier for these bad actors to drive a wedge between us and rhinos, I guess, is the best way to describe them by pointing out our differences. And I'm worried that people will kind of fall for that again. Putin's had a good week this week. I mean, with the chaos that's going on in Congress. And he loves it anytime that we're, you know, we can't get anything done. Now, Democrats have been delivering in spite of, you know, the chaos in the House Republican caucus. But, you know, the fight over funding for Ukraine 
Yeah, that's, you know, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And Putin's loving that. What he wants to hear is, yeah, they're going to stop funding Ukraine so that we can just roll right over. You know. And they're already taking advantage of that. They're Absolutely. putting out statements. Peskov is putting out statements that the that the unity in the West is crumbling. It's it's diminishing Absolutely. and it's fatigue. And, and that's the that's where they find their this is a common practice. They've done it for decades and decades. They come in, they swoop in, they find differences between us, drive wedges between us, crack our party and and use that to to get a majority of people albeit a minority of Americans, to vote for their autocratic preferred candidate. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's, again, that brings me right back to what it is that we're fighting for. You know, I, I, I see that, and, you know, some of my colleagues will disagree with me with as far as the numbers go, but I think there's a not insignificant number of Amer- Americans who've been radicalized, you know, by the propaganda that some of it comes out of Russia, some of it comes out of other state actors. Um, but it's being spouted from the mouth of our representatives in Congress. And it's being, those same talking points are being used on, you know, far right networks. And people have been radicalized, you know, coming from my background, intelligence, electronics, warfare, you know, I spent a decade in combat zones in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've been all over the world, probably the worst places that you could think of in service to this country. And I've seen what happens when you go down that path? What it leads to? That authoritarian, that strong man that certain people cling to because, oh, he's fighting for us and he's saying the things that we want uh, to hear. Uh, you know, and they're taking X, Y, and Z from us. You know, that leads to chaos and that leads to fascism. You know, we say people hate that word. A lot of people hate that word because they, it harkens back to, you know, what we fought against in World War II. And people think that can't happen here. And so they want to ignore it. But guess what? It's already happening here. <laughs> yeah. With books being banned. We're already headed down that road, you know, with a four-time indicted, 91, 92 felony counts, former president, twice impeached president, who is running for office again and has a chance of becoming president once again. Yeah. And the word fascist, the word fascist should hearken back <laughs> because if we don't study our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And we held back while the Nazis ravaged Europe yeah. and until we were forced to go in right. and, and put boots on the ground. And here we have an opportunity to spend less than 5% of our defense budget without putting a single boot on the ground to stop Putin. We can't, be timid about this like we were then no, exactly. uh, because it's the same fascism it's the same uh you know exactly. it's the same thing happening all over it's the again. same if situation he, <laughs> if we give him if we give him ukraine or we stop funding ukraine he's going to keep marching into nato then we have to send our that's, young people that's what i tell people all the time for that fraction of our defense budget. And, you know, you hear that argument, oh, you know, we're sending all of our money over to Ukraine. And, you know, when we've got issues here, well, 5% of the defense budget, what is the defense budget for? If for not, if not defending democracy, exactly. I don't understand. Like, what do you want to spend that defense budget on? Like just drills right now? We have our (laughs) troops here at home and the Ukrainians are standing on the front lines of democracy right now. It's our fight as well. 
Mm-hmm. It's yeah. NATO's fight as well. And it's not just, I mean, it is about Ukraine, but that's just where the front line is right that's now, right? The front line is, exactly. And if we can stop him without sending troops in, I mean, think of all the lives we'll save. For a fraction of our GDP, for a fraction of our defense budget is what it takes. You know, I, I'd, I'd vote for, you know, funding them. I'd vote for funding them more than what we're funding now, but that's just me and I'm willing to compromise. But we have to help in this fight. Me too. I'd spend half our defense budget defending democracy globally. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's it like? Like I said, what's it for? Um, we have these oh, like these huge bloated defense spending budgets that go through but mostly because of Republicans. But then we find out it's just because they want contracts and, and money and, and war profit and not to give a shit about actual democracy. Now that they're like, we have a thing that we can go do to, de- to defend democracy. And they're like, no, we don't want to spend it on that. And you're uh, it's to, just blows my mind. You're talking to a former compliance official for the Department of Defense. So my job was to stop fraud, waste and abuse and to cut some of those dollars out of those defense budgets that weren't truly needed. So that's. Yeah, you know, mine too. this is coming from me, <laughs> someone who did this for years, who saved, you know, millions, maybe billions of American taxpayer dollars. But that's what we're there for. And that money mm-hmm. can go and be put to good use. Helping fight for democracy. Simple. As yep. That. And we've expanded NATO. Um, we've expanded the NATO border. Uh, around Russia, we've got uh, this incredible alliance and also talk just one second about it's, you know, talking about how this isn't just about uh, one specific country, one sovereign state. But I think China is watching us closely to see what uh, we're going to do. And because they want Taiwan. So, you know, I think it's it this extends to other dictators uh, globally that, that are looking to see if we're going to keep our word Absolutely. as a nation. Absolutely. Right? I mean, if, if we don't show China that, hey, this is going to be the response if you try and invade Taiwan. And yes, they're watching attentively. You know, they've upped their war games uh, around Taiwan and, you know, the, those little threats, they're there, you know. So they're, they're, they're watching attentively to see you know, what's the American response going to be? What's Congress going to do uh, to help Ukraine? Are they going to not fund them? Or, you know, is, you know, is America back, as Biden says, well, we're going to see for how long. Hopefully we're back for good. But Yeah, we'll see. I, we have I, to project strength here. Yes. And and our partnership that, we're Absolutely. you know, we're we're willing to keep our word. Yeah, our partners have to have to trust us. I mean, let's, let's think of the only time Article 5 has been used in it was for the rest of NATO to come to our defense after 9-11. So, and yes, yeah. people will argue that Ukraine's not a NATO ally. However, there are several NATO allies on its doorstep. Right. And Putin won't stop he at Ukraine. Not. He will not. All right. Tell everyone where they can find and help or, or you know, lend a hand, uh, get information about Mission Democracy. I want, I want everybody to know where they can kind of join this fight. Well, if you'll go to www.missiondemocracy.org, check out our webpage. We talk about, oh, hey, we have all of our uh, ads there that we want to start running nationally and in you know several of the swing states as we get more into the cycle. 
uh, out of the primaries and into the general election. Uh, one of the things that we're also going to want to do once the primaries are over is we're going to start, you know, getting people out to knock doors and volunteer for some of the candidates who are running against the worst of the worst MAGA extremists. So if you want to help and volunteer, go to www.missiondemocracy.org. If you can, toss us a few bucks, five, 10, $15, whatever you can afford to help us with this mission. We'd appreciate it. Yep. And just like every dollar that we send to Ukraine, this will also be money, money well spent. Um, it's a good value for your dollar. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak to me. It was, again, great to see you at Glenn Kirshner's thing. Likewise. And again, missiondemocracy.org. You can um, go there, help out and, and just do whatever you can to get in this fight. It's so important. I mean, this is we are fighting for democracy again. Um, and uh, I appreciate all the work that you're doing in a bipartisan fashion. Thanks so much, Marcus Flowers. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate you having me on. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And we so could use your good news these weeks. So please send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Whether you have confessions, corrections, good news, a shout out to a loved one, you want to play What the Mutt or Find the Cat or uh, Opine on the Bovine, <laughs> or if you want to send us pictures of frog orgies or baby photos or your Halloween costumes of of Halloween's of yore or the one that, you know, the one that's coming up now. I would love to see that. It's spooky season. I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. Um, so send us that. Shout out to a small business in your area, Pod Pet Tax. If you can't pay Pod Pet Tax, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. Whatever you like, a shout out to yourself. I love those so much. Just send it all to us, plus your dissertation and thesis titles. <laughs> Again, that's dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, first up. And you know what? Before I dive into this good news, I just one more fucking shout out to you, Dana, and Aww. all of that money you raised for HRC this weekend. That is such good news in these times. We need that kind of uplifting, incredible story with all those amazing people you got to spend time with and share time with and share a stage with. Just thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Oh, AG, thank you. And I also want to give a big shout out to the trans youth out there. There was four trans youth on stage in front of 2,500 people after the president of the United States spoke because they sponsored a trans prom. And just to know yourself that young and to just be standing in your power, it was so beautiful. These four kids that were on the stage and their parents, supportive parents and supportive audience and a standing ovation. And I just can't wait to see what they do in this world. I have no doubt some of them are going to run for office. They're going to change things. It's going to be amazing. How fucking cool for the rest of your life you get to say that the president and opened up for me. I know, right? <laughs> I know, seriously. Brilliant. Brilliant, brave kids. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. From Heather. Pronouns she and her. Wednesday, my car was in the shop. On my way back to work early Thursday morning, it started making the strangest new noise. Ladies, I've never been so happy to hear someone eat a bug. Thank you so much for leaving that in. I laughed my ass off and then giggled the rest of the way to work. And even today, I keep replaying it to brighten my day. Oh, you're just replaying me eating a bug, Heather, to brighten your day. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> she ends with, that is all. It's a gift that keeps on giving you are, my friend. That was very Yoda-like. It is. The you gift know, that keeps on giving you I got you a are. little protein. 
I got a little protein. It re- I think it, it was a win-win for everybody, except maybe the bug. Um, yeah, probably. All right. This one's from Susan G. There's no pronouns here, but we have a, just a soft correction. Hello to the lovely ladies of Leguminati. Hugs to you both today, but especially Dana. I wouldn't have been able to read that story either. Thank you, Susan. Now, the name Uribe is pronounced that way, not the way one of us said it before. It's Uribe, not Uribe. And thank you for all the work you put in to keep us grounded during these most tumultuous of times. You are both treasures. Oh, Susan G., thank you. Next up from Laura, you know pronouns. I've been listening for a while to the Daily Beans, Jack, and Aisle 45. For good news, especially since AG is a veteran, please note that the wall that heals, which is a three-quarter size replica of the Vietnam War Memorial that tours the country, visiting nearly 30 cities and sites per year, will be in Upper Providence Township, Montgomery County, PA, October 26th through the 29th. We need lots of volunteers for this around the clock. You can volunteer here and there'll be a link in the show notes. Thanks for all you do. And if you haven't seen the Vietnam War Memorial, it is one of the most moving. And I, I mean, I've been to a lot of war memorials in yeah. my life, but the Vietnam uh, War Memorial is so intense and amazing. And there's going to be the wall that heals. Again, that's Montgomery County, PA in the Upper Providence Township, October 26th through the 29th. Link in the show notes to volunteer. Please volunteer if you can make it. And again, Lori says, thanks for all you do. You're welcome, Lori, and thanks for that heads up. All right. This one's from Peter, pronouns he and him. Sending my sympathies to you, AG, for the bug episode. I wanted to share that once before I wore a prescription eyeglasses, but long after I really needed to, I was in the kitchen cleaning and saw a butter knife on the table that looked like it had honey-covered with maybe some charred toast crumbs? My young daughter was at the table. Without saying a word, I proceeded to lick off the yummy honey. A Winnie the Pooh moment. The crumbs were ants, which I had slightly anise taste, and I swallowed them all. Oh, wow, oh. Peter. Anise. I use that in uh, in my holiday, like, boozy apple cider mulled wine mix. Oh, my goodness. Star anise. Now we know I can just use ants. I actually like the taste of anise, but not ants. No, no. Thank you, Peter, though. Next up from Bean, pronouns she and her. So excited to hear my dearest dog, 89, in the good news last week. You asked, why 89? And I didn't want to leave him hanging. I adopted a wiry and disheveled 89 from a small, local, and now defunct rescue organization after she'd been adopted and returned, in quotes, by someone who I have to assume knew she was actually meant to be with me. As dogs tend to do, the moment I brought her into the house, she made herself right at home, so I named her after the address. I can't quantify the joy she's brought into my life. I hope everyone who is listening has found their joy, whatever form that may take for them. Thank you again. And is this like, does this dog got a filter? Because this is like model level. Oh my God, the dog is so cute. I don't think there's a filter. I think this is a good camera and an adorable dog. Look at that, 89. She even has her own custom jacket with bling. It's bedazzled and shoes and glasses. And she'd look at her little 89 bedazzled call. Man, Bean, you love this dog and this dog loves you and it's absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing the story of 89 with us. May her memory be a blessing. She's so adorable. Absolutely. All right. This one's from Piper, pronouns she and her. Wanted to add to the Tim Ballard commentary. I was an exotic dancer in Salt Lake City. Fuck yeah, Piper. 
something most people would call a stripper in the 90s and early 2000s. There was no shortage of Mormon authority that came through the club. Oh, I bet. Let's just leave it at that. Now, these people were not necessarily doing anything wrong, by the way. They were coming to enjoy my work and I was making a living off of them. But the hypocrisy, it did always bother me. We would joke about it backstage, but we would also get frustrated because they were pretending they wanted to change the laws about strip clubs while they were working and enjoying our work on their days off. Piper, thank you for this fucking submission. I think we see this all the time. Right? All the time. This is fantastic. Mm. And good on mm -hmm. you. I hope you had a lot of money out of those hypocrites. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Piper, you should write a book. <laughs> Just saying. Mm -hmm. um, get some insurance. Get some get some insurance and then write a book. Uh, but yeah, amazing. So yeah, Tim Ballard was the guy who, the you know, the sound of freedom guy who was oh, yeah. trying to save children from sex trafficking then making these women pretend to be his wife and then to make it seem realistic he made him do all these sex acts pretty much everything short of um of actual intercourse and then doing it you know under the authority unbeknownst to lds but you know using the authority of lds but some bad people in the lds to make all that shit happen so i am not surprised to hear about this um and yeah what a rad what a rad submission. Thank you so much. All right. Next up from Shelly, pronouns she and her. Greetings, AG and DG. My good news is that we finally made it to spooky season. My favorite time of year for many reasons, but mostly because it gives me the opportunity to do one of my most favorite things. Create horse Halloween costumes. <laughs> I've been very fortunate that my horse and those of friends I've dressed up over the years have been very tolerant of these shenanigans. I've included pics of a few of my favorites so we can play a different sort of what the heck wine where you can guess what the horse is dressed up as. Some of the costumes are more obvious than others. Also, since we're sharing, my dissertation title was <clears throat> Elucidating the Molecular Interactions of the Chicken's Small Intestine by Integrating Omics Data Using Machine Learning. My God. Wow. Wow. You were checking out small chicken small intestines. And their molecular interactions using machine learning. Incredible. Incredible study. Love all you guys and everything you do to keep us informed of current events. All right. So here we have uh, the first photo. Obviously, we have Gilead Horse yeah. um, from Handmaid's Tale. Very beautiful. Uh, oh, hmm. Is that Prince? The second oh, I one? would Is say that Prince of that's Purple probably Rain? the artist formerly known as Horse. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, the artist formerly known as Horse. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Um, here is something that's big and pink and poofy. And it, I don't know. Is it something? Is it some Sex in the City character maybe? Or I don't know. Do you have any guesses on this one, this third one? Honestly, it looks like the thing I clean myself with in the shower. That little puffy, scrubby thing. But I don't. Mine's not pink. It's gray. But it, it's, it looks exactly like that. It could be the loofah. All right. Here are the answers. Asha and myself as handmaids. We got yeah. that one. Breeze as Prince. Purple Rain. I even got the era. And Ross as a hey giant pink shower poof loofah. You got it. We got all three between the two of us. So that's pretty good. This is great. All right. This one is going to close us out. This is from anonymous pronoun she and her. Good day is my daily frijoles. So it wasn't so much accidental bug eating, but maybe coerced pressure bug eating. I've been hired to ferry an aircraft from the Bay Area down to Mexico City. 
When we entered the first port of entry and the local law enforcement was approaching the aircraft to check our paperwork with their guns on their shoulders and their dogs, the man who had hired me to move the aircraft stepped outside and just waved them off. They turned around and they went inside. Who am I flying? Now, when we got to Mexico City, he insisted on taking myself and the other pilot on a night out in the city. Everywhere we went, the crowds parted and we went straight back to the VIP room. This guy that picked us up on the plane, who is his boss? Now, at one such location, they decided to have some fun with the gringos, and they ordered an assortment of fried bugs, worms and crickets, and I don't even know what else. Now, here's the thing. You don't say no to that guy. Not that I was afraid. Uh, we would have just laughed, and I had a great time teasing me. He was very funny, but there was just something about proving yourself in the situation that you've got to eat the bugs. It's critical to know that there had also been some, and I quote, you have to drink our finest Mexican tequila moments before we ever got to this point. The worms tasted like Cheetos. The crickets were kind of like little chips. So wherever else I just tasted like fried breading. I Yeah, it was quite the adventure. It didn't end the night. When we went to the airport to fly back to the States, we realized our passports were not stamped inbound. It created a little bit of trouble, but we were quite obviously gringos that so there wasn't much trouble but quite a good time we had i still wonder who they were i have my suspicions but we'll leave it at that i was hired to fly an no. empty plane and an empty plane i flew what that's no, a I leave it at that who was it anonymous it's anonymous you can't say well then you can just tell us <laughs> I, I think you should be able to just tell us but that's I mean, just obviously. Me. I mean, at the seas party, they could just wave off the federales to get a plane through. Like, holy majoli. That's a lot. But you ate the that bugs. Impressive. That's a great story. And I bet you have all kinds of stories like this. Like, there's no way this is like, this is just the bug story, AG. Whoever this is has a lot of stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Send them in, Anonymous. Don't hold back. But thank you for this, this submission. And thanks to everybody for all your submissions. We really need the good news these days. Please send it into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Thanks to Marcus Flowers for the discussion today. Absolutely wonderful seeing and speaking to him again. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here today, my friend? I think I just wanted to say how impressed I am with the youth. Like, I know a lot of us have been marching and fighting for decades. Some of you listening probably for over 50 years, 60 years. And I know that we worry and everyone's like, oh, this generation is lazy and, they, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's also a massive number of this young generation that has fired the fuck up. They're tired of people telling them that what you can and can't do with your body, whether it's reproductive health or trans health or trans rights, and they're going to be voting. And I just believe that they are going to make a difference. We're on the right path. I really do think the kids are all right. I do, too. I do, too. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. 
Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.